Welcome to the Torah Journey Podcast. My name is Rabbi Ken Brodkin, and I've been a community rabbi for over 15 years. During that time, I've learned that the wisdom of Judaism is powerful, but it's not always easy to understand. Our weekly podcast will enrich your journey and give you practical advice about how to apply the wisdom of Judaism to your life. We'll offer you insights based on the Parsha, current events, the Jewish year, and more. This is the Torah Journey Podcast. Hey, it's great to be connecting with you. We are just hours away from a new Jewish year, 5781. Some people say that 2020 is a bad year, but we Jews say that Rosh Hashanah is the starting point of a year, and that means that we're really at a turning point. There's just so much that's happened in 5780 that none of us could have ever predicted. Today, people are trying to predict what the post-pandemic world is going to look like, when we recover. Here in Oregon, we're just trying to figure out when the smoke is going to go away. Not to mention that a lot of people have lost their homes. The candid truth is, though, that we don't really know what 5781 is going to bring. And somehow we have to prepare ourselves for whatever's coming. So what can we do today that will help us access the blessings of a new year? How do we maximize the potential this time in our lives? There is actually a unique quality that can help us thrive in every time and every place. It's actually a quality that the Jewish people have an edge in attaining. And it's a quality we're meant to uh, strive for in Rosh Hashanah. So stay with us for this episode. And we're going to talk about your key for successful New Year. I'd like to share with you today a Rosh Hashanah story that actually took place 2,600 years ago. It's a story that I think sheds a lot of light in our times. Because 2,600 years ago, there was a small group of Jews that was just beginning to regather in, in Israel after 70-year exile, exile in, uh, in Bavel. The leaders, Ezra and Nehemiah, led the Jewish people as the Jewish people were facing internal spiritual threats, not to mention plenty of enemies. And that year, the entire people gathered in Yerushalayim, in Jerusalem. It was the first day of the seventh month, says the book of Nehemiah, which of course is Rosh Hashanah. And Ezra began to read to the people from early in the morning until midday. And as he read, the prophet says that a startling thing happened. The people began to weep, as they heard the words of Torah. I mean, that's right. Hearing words of Torah, the people uh, recalled forgotten obligations, and they were overwhelmed, but to the point of tears. So how did the leaders respond? You know, you might think that Ezra and Nehemiah would be very happy. I mean, here the people were stirred by words of Torah, what could be better than tears and Rosh Hashanah to express our remorse for the past? And yet, Ezra and Nehemiah had the opposite reaction. It says, Nehemiah said to the people, Hayom kadoshu Hashem elokeichem, today is holy unto Hashem your God. Al tisabluv, al tivku, don't mourn and don't weep. And he said to them, Go eat good fattening foods, drink sweet drinks, send gifts to people, even though they're not deserving. Because this day is holy unto our master and to Hashem. Don't be sad. Because the joy of God is your strength. So when the Jewish people heard words of Torah, they, they felt far from Hashem, and they actually cried. Now, sometimes we reflect on where we are in life, and, you know, we start to berate ourselves. Nehemiah just informed the people that tears and sadness are like the opposite of where we need to go. On Rosh Hashanah, the joy of Hashem is our strength. 
And in the course of this teaching, I think that Nakamiya says a really important thing. Do not weep, because today is kadosh ladonenu. Today is holy to our master. As much as we think that tears can work in tandem and hold with, with holiness, they really cannot. On a holy day, we need the strength to grow closer to Hashem. It doesn't come from tears and mourning, but actually from joy. And what's more, when you feel a lack of joy, you have to go out and sort of find a way to jumpstart the joy. You need to do something that will concretize those inner beliefs of joy, but you just don't feel happy. And so Nehemiah said to the people, go put on your best clothes and make your best food and drink. Send gifts to the undeserving. Do what makes no sense at all, just so that you can develop a feeling of joy in Rosh Hashanah. And when we attain that joy, that's when we've really met the moment of Rosh Hashanah. It doesn't happen in sadness. Chedvas Hashem, the joy of God, that's your strength. And this is a single idea that we need to, to look at, and it's something that's really attainable. One of the great things about living in a, in a smaller Jewish community like Portland, Oregon, is that you, you really get to know the people that start to come through town. And one of the people I've gotten to know over the years is Rabbi Svibar Hollander, who visits here often from Los Angeles for his cautious work with the OU. And ever since I met him uh, a number of years ago, every time he comes to the shul, Rabbi Hollander is always just joyous. Whether he's sharing a Mishnah or a Devar Torah he just heard, he just comes and he, it's like he oozes with happiness. And over the years, as I got to know Rabbi Hollander, I, wor- I learned that his, his wife, Kayla Hollander, was suffering very severely from the impacts of a long-term battle with MS. And for many years, her movement was very limited as she was confined to a wheelchair. The rabbi told me of his, of his efforts to help her every day and, of course, making their home entirely wheelchair accessible. And hearing about their story, it sounded like a trying situation. And yet, it was hard for me to picture a person more happy, more joyful than Rabbi Hollander, who was just helping his wife through this challenge. And whenever he came to the shul, he just brought an aura of happiness. He's a really rare gem. And so I was thinking, like, where do people get this perspective of joy? How does, it, how does it happen? How do we do that? And I think the answer is that it comes from a particular way of looking at the world. Many generations before Nehemiah, Yisro, Jethro, came to the Jewish people as he heard about the miracles that Hashem had wrought. And the, the Torah describes his reaction. The Torah says, Vayichad Yisrael kol asa Hashem Yisrael. Yisrael rejoiced over all the goodness that Hashem had done for the Jewish people as he heard about the miracles. And it says that he, he, he exclaimed, Ate now I know, he gadol Hashem, he called that Hashem is greater than all other powers. He bedavar sher zadu aleham, because in the very matter, that Egypt planned to hurt Israel, they themselves got messed up. And so this is a really revealing moment. Israel took joy in seeing how the very same efforts that Egypt thought would destroy Israel actually turned against themselves. In other words, Israel rejoiced in seeing the oneness of God. The very seabed where Mitzrayim tried to drown Israel just became their own grave. And so here again, the Torah uses that very same unique word for joy that Nehemiah used, Vayichad. And Rashi explains, Vayichad, Vayismach, he rejoiced. The underlying meaning of this word, Vayichad, is actually one. So it's Echad, Vayichad, Chedva. But Yisro saw how it was all one. It all came from Hashem. And in that moment, 
Vayichad, he saw the oneness and he rejoiced. And so the connection between one and happiness is that when we see that God is truly one, we see a deeper underlying purpose in our world and in our lives. And when Yisro came to speak with Moshe, he learned about all that Hashem had done and it was so clear that God was just the source of all these things that were happening. When Nehemiah told Israel to rejoice, he said, Hashem the, the joy and the oneness of God is your strength. Now, tears and mourning have their place, but the Jewish people are not meant to be broken. We need to be invigorated in the purpose of the world and the oneness of Hashem. We need to live lives that are filled with joy even if, we, even if we're going through hard times, we need to have that joy in order to be a holy people. About a couple months ago, unfortunately, Mrs. Hollander, the rabbi's wife, passed away. It was a terrible loss for the family, for the Jewish people. And of course, I wasn't able to be at the funeral in Los Angeles, but I watched a eulogy that was posted on YouTube. And I listened to Rabbi Shlomo Goldberg, another friend of mine from Los Angeles, describe how Mrs. Hollander just went through life with an incredible joy, he described. She remembered every good thing that another person ever did for her. She was constantly thankful to people around her and to Hashem. And she always seemed to forget anything negative that other people might have done to her, things that happened to her. And if you asked her, how was she doing? She didn't say, Baruch Hashem, fine. She said, Baruch Hashem, so good. She was just a, a strong woman in spite of her physically weak, weak state. Judy Grund is a writer from Los Angeles. And uh, she commented that for Mrs. Hollander, just getting through a day was like for us, you know, getting through 20 years. And yet she, she went through every day with joy. A young student of hers once asked her, how can you be happy if you can't even walk around? And she answered, how can I not be happy? Look at all the blessings that God has given to me. He's given me a scooter to shop with and friends to schmooze with and a loving family. So, so much of what this woman gave to the world was the, was the very same thing that I experienced from her husband, and that was just the gift of happiness. And I think one of the things we have to think about in Rosh Hashanah is just this idea that joy is something we need to generate. And this was, of course, a lesson of Kayla Hollander. It didn't matter that she didn't have all the things that we we tend to think are so important, be it money or fame or health. She, but she had the one thing that was really, really critical. And that was that perspective of Hashem Echad, that Hashem is one. Now, after Nehemiah exhorted the Jewish people to get happy in Rosh Hashanah, he went a, a step further in pushing the theme of joy that year. It says they commanded to the people that they should announce the festival of Sukkot and send the people out into the mountains to get branches. And so the day after Rosh Hashanah that year, just as the, as the exiles were beginning to gather in Jerusalem, the people went out to the hills and they gathered branches for Sukkot. This is before they built the base of Mikdash. It was the next step of ascent and happiness. Nehemiah was basically telling the people that from the joy of Rosh Hashanah, from that realization of Hashem, now go out and prepare for the time of Sukkot, a time about which the Torah says, V'samachta you shall rejoice in your festival. So as we look back 2,600 years ago and we ask ourselves, what's this time of year about? We can see clearly how Nehemiah and Ezra really guided our people. They, they just 
guided us in this in this way to delve into Hashem and Rosh Hashanah and to see His oneness and from there to go and ascend to even higher levels of joy in the sukkah. And I think that that is really our calling in these times. And it's something that really is achievable. Dr. Nahumi Yafi is a researcher at Tel Aviv University. And since coronavirus, she's actually interviewed or surveyed 664 people from across Israeli society. And her study found that people who are religiously observant scored higher for emotional well-being and the lowest in her survey for stress, anxiety, and depression during the coronavirus pandemic. And in reflecting on her study, she writes, quote, the more religious you are, the more resilience you have. And she further explains that, quote, religious people tend to have a stronger sense of community, cohesion, meaning, ritual, and family connection. So this is something for us to reflect on, that our Torah is a beautiful framework of strength and of resilience. And it's through the Torah that we create this framework of Hashem Achad in our lives. It's a, it's a paradigm where our lives really center around the idea of Hashem Achad, that God is one, God is everything. And it's really in that paradigm that we find joy and strength. In fact, there is a great medieval work of Jewish, Jewish ethics known as Orchos Tzedikim. And in that work, the author comments that it's actually a, a positive mitzvah, it's a commandment to be joyful. In other words, it's a commandment to consider in your heart that all that Hashem does for a person is for the good and to really be happy about it. We've faced a lot over the past year, and I know there's still going to be bumps ahead. I mean, it's Thursday as we're recording this, and we still don't know if we're going to be able to do our outdoor tent service here in a couple days because of the smoke. I think we probably will. But my point is that we're in uncertain times. And these days, we need to take the steps necessary to accessing a new blessing of 5781 and beyond. As Jews, we've got a real path forward in this attribute that's just so, um, so core to success and happiness and thriving. And that is just happiness itself. Before coronavirus, I mean, so many people were already struggling with depression in our society. We've, we've seen just how teen suicide is such a big issue in our days, and all the more so now. And so in this time, the Jewish people bring this example of simchas Hashem himaozchem, that the, the joy of God is our strength. And so as you, as you engage in this path of joy, I want you to consider two things, two really practical ideas. The first is we need to be like Yisro. Delve into the idea of Hashem Achad. Learn Torah, read Tehillim, Davin, and just reflect in your own way about how God is guiding our world. I mean, who could have imagined that in Portland, Oregon, of all places, the one place with the cleanest air, we can't be inside because of the virus and we can't be outside because of the smoky air or the fires. I mean, this is just Etzba Elohim. This is the finger of Hashem. So look out into the world and just find the oneness of God. We need to take that time to study and meditate on this and find Hashem Echad in our lives and in our world. Secondly, we need to be mindful about how Nehemiah exhorted the Jewish people to jumpstart joy. See the gifts that you have. Think about Kayla Hollander. See those gifts and just take the steps that you need to engage in, in happiness. The other night, my wife told me that there was someone in need of popsicles, of all things, and 
she uh, stuffed a bag full of popsicles and she said, please drive these over to so-and-so's house. They need popsicles right away. And uh, I did it. And I can honestly tell you that it was a wonderful moment in my day. So don't just go into the Chag. Don't just roll into it. Plan for it for yourselves, for others. Find someone in need. Give them a call. Get your sukkah ready. Bring someone a gift. Just take the steps that are going to jumpstart joy in your life. And as you do so, realize that this day is a new beginning. It's the start of a new note of joy that will continue into Sukkot and beyond. It's in our hands to take these steps in this important time. And so keep this before you always. Ched Hashem Hima Ozcham. The joy of God is your strength.